1: Yes, it is. And welcome back. Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. As we do every Wednesday, we check in representing Arizona's 6th Congressional District, my good friend, David Schweikert. David, um, I'll excuse you a little bit if you're a little tired today. You got up uh, you got up before God to do the trip I've done a oh. few times, too. Um, my gosh. Uh,
2: yeah, though I do assume the dear Lord is up all the time. Okay, fair
1: enough. Like, um, you got up before the I, sun.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, so... You know, we had a little meeting um, with some of the Border Patrol down in Yuma. um, And so it meant leaving, you know, the Grand Imperial State of Maricopa County about 3 a.m. Yeah. Um, And uh, what this administration is doing to them is just unconscionable. They functionally have turned the Border Patrol, you know, the people who are supposed to be protecting us, you know, Stopping the, the wave of narcotics and fentanyl, and you know potentially terrorists and other things coming at us, and they've almost turned them into a concierge service of uh, you know meet people at the border and you know travel them to their destination. It, it's absolutely perverse what's going on. I, I sent you a, a couple of pictures. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, at one point we're down, um, you know, south of Yuma, um, about. 10 miles north of San Luis, and, you know, we're there a couple minutes, and uh, a big group just comes walking up and climbing through the open parts of the fence that um, the Border Patrol was not allowed to finish. And the crazy thing, 100 yards away were piles, piles of metal and equipment that would have closed the area, but the Biden administration stopped all that.
1: Mm-hmm. I've seen that myself. One of the things, David, that I thought was just eerie the first time I went down there was the calmness with which people just observe the border crossers, the illegal border crossers coming in. It's, a, it's as if everyone's kind of following a script and a process oh, yeah. there's no real chasing down they just kind of walk this way they're directed to attend what? everything's kind of i don't know how to excri- describe it maybe banal in a sense it's just a very yeah, eerie thing to watch it's it's slow and smooth and process oriented there's no chasing there's no there's no turning back right you you saw this too right
2: well i i, I do ask you to go break it into different categories okay those are the ones who are sort of presenting themselves to the border patrol. Right. Those are the ones that understand the con that, hey, I'm going to ask for asylum. Mm-hmm. I have fear of something in my home country. Um, and they're going to get their hearing because the way the particular the Biden administration set this up, maybe six years from now. Right. So um, I mean, we had, um, and they're coached they on what fire. to say
1: too, right? I mean, there's a script they kind of have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, right. no,
2: no, well, actually, it's even. You're the lawyer, but it's even worse than that. If you if anywhere <laughs> that's worse than that, anywhere in the process, anywhere in the process. Oh, I have a a, a a bodily fear. Right. Um. You know, the declaration of fear puts you into the administrative judicial process. Right. And that's right now back up about six years. And we had one couple walk by, um, she had to be close to nine months pregnant. Um, I mean, you know, they, they put her in a car and you know, they were on their way to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the ones where someone's running through the desert are those things, those are probably the ones carrying narcotics. Okay. Um, they're the ones who basically get to be part of this con because you 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 take up all the bandwidth mm-hmm. from the border patrol where they're processing all these people, and it leaves huge segments yeah. just sort of wide open because there's not enough people. Right. Um, and you know, for, for God forbid if you have any liberal listeners, but if you care about the homelessness, if you care about the little young man that just died down the street from fentanyl, if you care about making the American working poor poor, you you, you got to join Republicans and locking down this border because what you're doing is you're importing misery that's just cascading across our country, and particularly in the Phoenix area. Um, and, and what was shocking were, like, I sent you, I think I sent you a picture of a passport yep. that was you did. discarded. Yep. ID cards that are chopped up. Yep. Because they get to the border and they don't want any identifying mark uh document. Right. And you know, the one that looks thirty three is saying I'm seventeen. Right. So they get special handling in the process. Um but also remember the reason they're so well scripted, no one gets to the border without functionally being escorted by um someone from the cartel.
1: That's right. That's right.
2: Yeah, you, know, you, you don't – I guess they could refer to them as plaza bosses. You don't move through the accompanying little town without having to pay the plaza boss, and they script you and they deliver you. So that's why it comes across so consistent. I,
1: and, and I don't know that we get a totally accurate picture of everything that's going on okay. at the border either. I was one, – on one of my trips, I was with a um, – with a media uh, type, a a local television reporter, who I think usually does pretty good work for what it's worth. But he was pointing out a group of four people crossing, I don't know, 100, 200 yards away from us. And he said, well, there goes a family. And I said, what makes you think and know that that's a family? I have no idea that that's a family. How do you know that that is right? I mean, we don't know that.
2: But there's the difficulty. You're standing there and you look at people who are exhausted, you know, I mean, um, one of the the group that the big group, um, we asked part of the group said it took them three months.
0: Yeah,
2: you know from the country they went to, to, to I guess they went to Guatemala, then into Mexico and worked their way up. Um, now for Yuma, a lot of the others just fly into Tijuana or Mexicali and drive over. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons they have so many people from different
1: parts of the world.
2: And, you know, there is a certain human empathy of someone is there. Oh, of course. And you got to sort of take that big breath and say, sure. but what's the, what's the second degree effect and third degree effect that you're creating in our society when you import this level of poverty, when your Border Patrol can't stop drugs and, and other things coming into your country? What happens when? You know, um, you're now your, your own domestic working poor are going to have to compete against a couple million new entries. And, and if you're going to have a heart, you also have to attach your brain to it.
1: David, um, let's talk about the brain for a moment, because mine gets really angry about parts of this debate. This country turned itself upside down and inside out for the better part of two years in the name of protecting us against a disease that doesn't affect Mm -hmm. everyone the same way and doesn't affect and I don't need to go into all of that. We can, but people know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Fentanyl is right now the leading cause of death for Americans aged 18 to 45. I will never cease talking about this. Fentanyl is the leading cause of death for Americans aged 18 to 45, almost all of it comes through that border. Why? Oh, why well, I, will the feds not do something all- about this health problem?
2: Um, because it doesn't fit there for them. For the left, for the it, it, this is more, more than remember the left is the Fed. Yep, they control the Senate, the House of Representatives, the, the the White House, but they also control the bureaucracy. For that bureaucracy, for this White House to actually truly acknowledge the dystopian devastation that's happening from fentanyl they have to admit their border policy has been just absolutely destructive to people in this country and um you know what's fascinating is young people were sort of the big group that elected democrats yep you know um suburban women and young people basically were the big population that voted democrat um so it's the suburban women's children and the young people themselves they're being devastated by this they basically but it's hard to say words like this but they voted for their own
1: destruction yeah i know it i know it um David, we have to take a commercial break, and I know you've been up. Can I keep you one more segment, or do you got to run? Sure. Uh, uh, that, no, that would be let, great. Let, there's so much more here I want to talk to you about. Let's,
2: let's, there's a couple other observations that sort of help paint the picture. We good, 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 about. good.
1: And I want to raise a few questions with you as well when we come back. We'll be right back with more from David Schweiker. Here's a little traveling music for him. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Congressman David Schweikert, representing Arizona's 6th Congressional District, is our guest telling us about uh, some observations and some feedback he received and saw uh, at the uh, border today at the Yuma sector. David, you said you wanted to paint a couple other uh, pictures for people to understand uh, the enormity uh, of the problem.
2: A a simple sort of um, factoid. Yeah. Um, The best number that's out there, and this is the one that's recognized, 1,000 people leave the country of Guatemala every single day heading to our border. That's just one country in the Northern Triangle. 1,000 people leave Guatemala every single day heading towards our border. Now multiply that times the, the rest of you know, the, the Triangle there and now Nicaragua and yep. much of the rest of the world. And um, now start to think about when um, at least some of the tools that Border Patrol have and this administration about to take that away. Um, but but you're trying to paint a picture in your head that this isn't this pastoral picture of people coming up just up to the border. There's trash and clothes right. and documents strewn over, yep. water bottles everywhere. Yep. Um, and they actually, and I think it was the city of Yuma actually helped do this just because of problems. There's porta potties that are put up near some of these common crossing spots. Mm-hmm. And you open the door and they're packed with clothes yeah. because people get there and they're discarding their clothes and this and that because they know they're about to be taken care of and they don't want anything identifying them. Right. Um, it's just, it, it, it's almost surreal. And this is everyday day after day, you know, um, you know, entry point after entry point, And they're just terrified that when the administration lists, you know, the, the 42, the title 42, in regard to the pandemic and disease, um, they have no concept how they're going to manage it because they're, they're basically at capacity now they're doing very little law enforcement. Now it's just managing these populations. And if it, True, their population is going to double. It's a crash and burn. It's just basically come up and just point them in the direction of the nearest town.
1: We are averaging around 220,000 border encounters a month. And the Border Patrol is, I'm guessing, David, um, I haven't spoken to them in a while. You can tell me better. I'm guessing that they don't feel very supported by their employer. Oh,
2: their employer
1: sure. is the federal government. These people work for the no, federal no, government. No, no,
2: no, no. Their employer is this president. Okay. You know, he's their chief executive. Okay. Um, you know, um, because you meet with other federal law enforcement people, and they're losing their minds, too, because they keep saying, you know, the first time someone takes one of these bags of the powdered fentanyl, and leaves it on the tabletop in a Starbucks, or in the vanilla shaker, or something like that, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden there'll be a scream from the public saying, oh God, what did we vote for? Mm-hmm. But until that moment, um, you know, much of this this horrible is ending up in, I hate to say, neighborhoods like yours. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, take a look at, at some of the statistics we're seeing through Central Phoenix, you know, we have zip codes where law enforcement is saying homelessness looks like it may have doubled. Yeah. Um, drug usage, particularly fentanyl, has the price of fentanyl has absolutely crashed. Um, uh, a, a neighbor of mine who's a police sergeant in Phoenix said about a year ago it cost $120 or so to get high for the day. Today it's $12. Yep. If you believe in the economics of supply and demand, does that let you have some sense of what the supply looks like?
1: Yep. Yep. David, there was uh, there was some news here and there. I discussed it on the show uh, about uh, four or five days ago uh, when the Border Patrol was being uh, attacked and stymied by this administration over the story of the horses, you know, and they were, I think, defamed. And it now looks like there will not be any criminal prosecution. I mean, the the level of, of dispiritedness we are injecting into those who are supposed to protect our country and sovereignty, it, it's 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 malfeasance, isn't it?
2: Three leftists from back east who've never been on a horse. Right. And you try to explain, okay, that's reins work. You're, you're trying to manage your animals so you don't actually hurt them. Right. Um, but... It doesn't matter. Yeah. Once again, you know, you and I make the mistake of trying to have a logical conversation. Um, the left, the Democrat Party, this is one of their articles of faith. This is part of their religion. Donald Trump wanted to secure the border. Donald Trump wanted to build a wall. They must make it an article of their faith that open borders are humane. Yeah. Remember, I mean, and, and they didn't hide it. This wasn't something of... They snuck it up on us and did this. This was one of their
1: campaign themes. You're right about that. It 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 has been, and 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 one of the concerns is uh, not one of the concerns. I I think one of the chief concerns that a lot of people uh, have yet to grasp is you know if you're in New York or Washington D.C. or I don't know Michigan. If you're in another state you know, a little bit north or east of here. You think that this is kind of an Arizona-Texas issue. It's kind of an Arizona-Texas problem. It's not. It's not. This problem is affecting the entire country, especially if we're talking fentanyl overdoses and crime and homelessness. And I don't I, – I don't. go ahead. Yeah, you get my point. No,
2: no, I know I'm interrupting you. No, no, no you, you take, take my nervous. point,
1: though. You take it.
2: Um, but there's also – I went down, you know, up the mountain from me. You know, they're not lovely people but they're Democrats and they've gotten really upset with my, you know, position on building the wall and those things. And one of her comments about two years ago, now this is before the chaos, a different president, is you know, that that they can barely afford their household help anymore. And 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 she said it and she she just said it like, oh, you know, it it, 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 now they have a big house and they're much older and they employ a couple of people today this was human exploitation now they're they're rich liberals and they want to be able to Yeah. That, 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 that if you're a, a Democrat who actually cares about poor people. Yeah, you're,
1: you're, you may be right about that.
2: Thugs, yeah. actually cares about what's going on, you country you get it. It's time to lock up the border. Yeah. Yeah. In many ways, this, this, these two years of just horrible experiences may be the thing that finally gets that border wall and the security and Boy, the, let's the, the hope. technology and all the things that go with it.
1: Boy, let's hope. David. Thank you. Thanks for going down there and thanks for the report on it. Really appreciate all you do, including your tremendous public service to our state and to our country. Thank you, David Schweikert. Bless you, sir, and Godspeed. I'm Seth Leapson, 602-508-0960. Get some rest, David, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Leibson Show. I am delighted to announce a new sponsor that has come on board. Check them out at investyrefi.com. Invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y, dot com. These aren't just new sponsors of the show. These are regular listeners of the show. I've gone down and met these folks. We need to think about the business they're in and the business you could be in. Over 44 million Americans owe more than $1.7 trillion in student loan debt. That's about $739 billion more than all credit card debt. You don't need to know the math. Know that it's huge and that Americans are drowning in this kind of debt. Up until my friends at Why Refi came along, many of these people had no help and no hope. Why Refi refinances defaulted private student loans – when others won't, and while others won't. And that's only really the beginning, though. Through their process, the borrowers see serious FICO credit score recovery, allowing the borrowers to greatly improve their lives, as anyone who's had bad credit over their lifetimes can tell you. You want to improve it. They help you do that. So the question becomes, what if you could invest in a secure and collateralized portfolio, earn exceptional fixed returns, while helping other people, while helping these former students? So what if you could do well, in other words, by doing good? I take these endorsements very seriously, as you know, and I know the people at Y-Refi, as I've said. I've spent time with them. I've been to their offices. They're local. They are really good people, and I would never endorse an investment unless I truly believed in it. I saw how this works. Check this out. Go to investyrefi.com. That's Invest. The letter Y, then R E F Y dot com, and you will find that all the information you need on what they can offer when you visit them. There are no, you can even visit them in person because they're local and, they're, and they and they and, and they won't give you any kind of heavy sales pitch. But check them out online at Y Invest Refi dot com. They're in the business of helping people that other won't others won't, and if you could help in that project and get a great return. They're there for you to help you out and help you get that great return. Just log on to investyrefi.com. Investyrefi.com and tell them that I sent you. Um, I want to talk to you about something that we spoke about um, two or three times. Once with Wilford Riley, uh, our, our, our professor friend Wilford Riley. And also, um, uh, we brought it up about uh, about a week and a half ago as well. It's, it's funny how things don't get the attention at the time that they are making news, but they get the attention once people are ready to receive it. The thing I'm talking about here, I'll just give you the headline that John Hinderocker gives it at the Powerline blog. The Black Lives Matter movement was always a fraud. That's how he titles this piece. It collected $90 million, largely from panicked corporations, and no one knows what happened to the money, except that a lot of it was spent on luxury real estate purchases and other perks for the organization's leaders. Worked out well for these two trained Marxists, as they said that they were. I remember when this all started, and I was telling people to resist it and Calm down just a little bit. Calm down just a little bit and resist this movement because something doesn't look right and the statistics aren't adding up. As John Hinderocker puts it, the truth turns out to be even worse. Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors has said publicly that the organization didn't even attempt to function as a legal entity. Uh, John gives a little background, and I don't need to go through all of that with you over what a 501c3, a nonprofit organization, does. There are hundreds of thousands of them, and they all are required to form to file a, a, a Form 990 with the IRS every year, and it includes basic information about the organization. This is really routine in which every nonprofit, if it wants to stay on this side of the law— engages in on routine basis, except not at the people, not at the organization and for the people who ran Black Lives Matter Global Fund. Let me tell you about that when we come back. You may have heard a little bit about this. What John puts together here, I think will have your jaw on the floor. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth and Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature, the good folks at Balance of Nature, your fruits and veggies. That's what I take every single day. It's one daily dose. You get really potent, powerful, all-natural aloe vera, cherries, lemons, pineapples, raspberries, mangoes, cranberries, apples, bananas, grapes, papayas, strawberries. Blueberries and more, and that's just the fruit side. The veggies are uh, equally diverse and equally potent. You get the equivalent of a ten ten servings, ten daily servings of fruits and vegetables with one daily dose. Taking it for years, and I love it. It's kept my immunity boosted and my health in great shape. Check them out at balanceofnature.com. Their fruits and veggies. Make sure to use discount code balance. Let me return to what John Hindarocker is distilling from the scandal. That is the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation. Okay. 90 million bucks raised. No one knows what happened to it except for the luxurious houses the founders have built. Okay. So they have, or bought, so they have to file a 990, as any nonprofit does. They haven't been. They haven't been. Um, here's, here's, here's the story that uh, has uh, come out of the Washington Examiner. Um, the embattled activist, Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice coulors she was the most prominent of them. She taught at Prescott uh, College for a little while, believe it or not. She is facing renewed criticism following reports that the BLM Global Network Foundation, her organization, while under her control, purchased a six million dollar Los Angeles ma- mansion, said she gets triggered, said she gets triggered whenever she hears the term IRS Form nine ninety. The document charities, as I mentioned, are required to file to the public every year disclosing their financial activities. Here's her quote. Quote It is such a trip now to hear the term nine ninety. She said this on Friday. I'm like, oh, it's like triggering, direct quote. Whenever she hears the term 990, it's triggering. It's a simple form, as John says. I know the form. It's a simple form that needs to be filled out on behalf of those who purchase $6 million mansions with tax-deductible contributions, triggering, triggering. She goes on to say, I actually did not know what 990s were before all of this happened an apparent reference to the Washington Examiner's reporting in January about their lack of financial and leadership transparency that led multiple states, did you know this, including California, to order the charity to cease raising funds until it discloses what it did with the $90 million it raised in 2020. Did you know that? Did you know that the state of California stopped it from raising money because it is so out of compliance with what nonprofits are supposed to do? California. California, as John says, oh, please, they raised $90 million as a nonprofit and couldn't find a couple thousand dollars to pay a lawyer to advise them on how to operate legally. These people were greedy beyond normal understanding. Back to the Washington uh, Washington Examiner story. Couleur said activists suffer trauma and that their lives are put at risk. When charities under their control are required to disclose publicly what they did with their tax-deductible donations, do you realize how convenient this is becoming? If you don't want to follow the law that everyone else has to follow, if you don't want to follow the law, all you need to do is say doing so is triggering and will give you trauma. You'll suffer from trauma and that your life will be at risk because of the psychological damage you um, have to face because you have to follow the law that everyone else follows. Yeah, okay. As John says, I can see how it would be traumatic if what you did with tax-deductible contributions was merely enrich yourselves while defrauding the public. Another quote from Cullors, this doesn't seem safe for us, this 990 structure, this nonprofit system structure. This is like deeply unsafe. This is being literally weaponized against us, against the people we work with, close quote. I mean, you know, maybe there's a $90 million psychiatrist that can help her. I don't know. But this is an amazingly odd statement. It seems to me that this is deeply unsafe, requiring that they merely comply with the same IRS laws that hundreds of thousands of other nonprofits have to comply with john writes if this seems pathetically stupid to you bear in mind that left-wing activists like Coulours have gotten away with this baloney all of their lives and have in all likelihood walked away with a lot more money than you have Coulor suggests that her organization is not alone in being a fraud according to the washington examiner couloir said she's been approached by countless activists who are worried that they, too, will soon field requests from reporters demanding copies of their 990 forms, which charities are required by law to disclose to the public upon request. People's morale, another quote, people's morale in an organization is so important, but if their organization and the people in it are being attacked and scrutinized at everything they do, that leads to deep burnout, that leads to deep like, resistance and trauma. Kulors said close quote, Kulors said, Yes, filling out a nine hundred and ninety form is now triggering and trauma inducing it 's an incredible thing for her to say about people that I think in most cases if i 'm being honest in most cases didn 't think too terribly much about this when they were making donations to the BLM foundation now you know we we saw through this, and others did, and we were we were um You know, instructing people and advising people. You know, "Mm, maybe not that organization. Maybe your money could be better spent on, you know, um, a school or a health clinic in an urban area. Um, Maybe, maybe a charter school. Maybe a private school. Maybe a uh, a health clinic that 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 is serving or trying to serve um, the underprivileged. Because you know, something about being a conservative. Should inform people to yeah not just go with the immediate sirens that everyone else is going with all the time over every urgency and forced urgency upon you because something didn't look right from the beginning their statistics weren 't right the level of um, the level of uh, police um, to use their phraseology, the level of pro- police brutality the statistics didn't look right. The uh, level of uh, discrimination that they were talking about didn't look right, and the forced confessions that organizations were put through the grinder on didn't seem to match the moment either. So a lot of us said, you know, "Mm, maybe not this movement, and not when these ladies are telling you they're trained Marxists. You know, it's a good way to ruin a movement by having it be so ideological and so ideologically anti-American, quite honestly. John says, most likely the uh, BLM Global uh, Fund is not the only left-wing charity that is a scam, raising millions of dollars by parroting left-wing shibboleths. Why not actually doing anything to advance its purported mission? Apparently, countless activists are in this boat, worrying that reporters might demand copies of their 990s. Well, 990s are public documents. Anyone can look them up. And it looks like there are a great many left-wing charities that, like BLM, should be put out of business. I want hearings on this in Congress if we win in November. God, please. Seth, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. As I was mentioning earlier, I'm delighted with um, one of our newest sponsors, Y-Refi. Over 44 million Americans owe almost $2 trillion in student loan debt, and Americans are drowning in that debt. Up until my friends at Y-Refi came along, many of these people had no help and no hope. Y-Refi, what they do is they refinance defaulted private student loans while others won't. But that's really only the beginning. Through their process, borrowers see serious FICO credit score recovery, allowing the borrowers to greatly improve their lives. Now, here's the neat opportunity for y'all. If you could invest in a secure and collateralized portfolio and earn exceptional fixed returns while actually helping other people, I want you to take a look at why refi. What if you could do well by doing Good. You know, I take the endorsements I do very seriously. And I know these people. I have visited with them. I have spent time with them. They are good people at Y-Refi. Go to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com. They're a local company. You can even go visit them. You won't get a sales pitch. Y-Refi is in the business of helping people that others won't. You can be Kind of makes you feel good, doesn't it? It should. Go to com or give them a call at 855-316-3087 and tell them I sent you. All right, uh, John uh's write-up of the scandal at BLM is matched by a few others who are now coming to the story as well. New York Magazine, not exactly a conservative outlet. Jason Riley, he is more conservative and he's at the Wall Street Journal, uh, but he has a big write-up on it in the Wall Street Journal today as well. He says internal emails, internal emails from Black Lives Matter leadership dating back to 2016, show activists voicing concern about how donations were being spent and how the organization was being run. According to the New York Magazine, the families of some black victims of police violence have complained that they have seen no funds that have flowed to the movement's most visible facets. There are also questions about how money not going into pricey real estate is being managed. Fox Business reported earlier this year that attorneys in California and Washington state – I thought it was just California. It's also Washington state – had ordered BLM to cease fundraising activities. These are two of the most liberal states in the country. That's how bad the problem is. The organization told Fox, quote, We take these matters seriously and have taken immediate action. Well, if the public doesn't know more about these shenanigans – It might be because the organization carefully monitors social media for negative mentions with members using their influence with the platforms to have such remarks removed. Hello, Twitter. Hello, Facebook. Folks, you've been scammed. You've been scammed. And in the name of fighting racism, that's about as dirty as you can get in my book. Promising help to others and not delivering it. Yeah, as my friend Steve says, yeah, you're looking for Something to donate to? Help the underprivileged? How about helping crime victims? Anyone ever talk about that? Not really. We will. We do. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.